What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. I'm Kelsey Cook. And I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And before we dig into all the juice, we just want to uh, kick off with some announcements. We want to welcome our new Facebook admins, Dean and Aubrey. Um, They're going to be in charge of the Self-Helpless Podcast Facebook group uh, from now on. They are just fantastic Aubrey yeah. has a master's in social work. She's a therapist. Dean is a podcaster, author, has experience working in diversity and inclusion. They are just crushing it. Um, so head over to the Self-Helpless Podcast Facebook group if you haven't joined already. If you just want to be a part of an online community where people are dedicated to personal development and just making the world a better place, go and say what's up. Just a very supportive place. Um, and then we also want to welcome our new associate producer of Self-Helpless, Umaira. Oh my God. We are so happy to have her. It's like been her first official week on the job. She's doing just such great work. And um, we're also very proud of our former associate producer, Lauren, uh, who ended up getting a full-time job as uh, a director at a university. So best of luck. We love her. Uh, Very proud of her and so thrilled to have Humaira on board. So yes. That does it for the announcements, everybody. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Get into the juice is a new one. Yeah. <laughs> that is before we get into the juice. <laughs> yeah. Even your uh, quotes are becoming vegan because it used to be, let's get into the meat, and now you're so LA. <laughs> let's get that meat. tofu. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, we have a quotable. Um, it says man's capacities have never been measured, nor are we to judge what we can do by any presidents. So little has been tried. What people say you cannot do, you try and find you can. Hmm. Can you read that one again? Let me yeah, I, have that sink in. That felt like five quotes in one. Okay. <laughs> man's capacities have never been measured, nor are we to judge what we can do by any presidents. So little has been tried. What people say you cannot do, you try and find you can. Hmm. That's a, that's a strange I'm one. Struggling with this I'm just going to, you know, let me spark no That's just a really wordy way of saying you can do anything. Right. Yes. That's yes. what it sounds like. like. Is that people judge, people can judge whether they, they think they can do something without actually trying to do it, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. their, their, the limits, the limiting beliefs get in the way. Yeah, boy. This is why I love that we get so many um, recommended quotes now because instead of it always just being us going like, oh, the quote, (laughs) like sometimes we're like, wait, we're dumb. (laughs) Wait, 
And then that quote was by Bradford Andrew. Is that right? Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't know who that is. I needed honest. somebody to like give me spark notes of that one sentence. Like that's how not <laughs> with it I was with that quote. I was like, somebody needs to make this one sentence easier for me. Somebody please email us and tell us what this quote means. <laughs> please quote this quote. And that was uh, that was submitted by our helpster Eddie. Thank you so much for submitting the quote. We will try we'll try our best to figure what what this is, uh, you know, going forward. But if you want to submit quotables that will end up on the show, you can join our Patreon at Patreon.com/selfhelpless if you're interested. <laughs> Starting this episode off with a lot of credibility on our part. <laughs> and who needs help? What does anybody? Mean? What does quote me? <laughs> oh well, uh, the. <laughs> The topic we're we're doing today is something that we we actually touched on a long time ago when we had Jessica Michelle Singleton on um, as a guest. She talked briefly about her attachment style. So today we're going to do a full episode about attachment styles, kind of talk about um, what our quiz quiz results were. Um, I know you guys uh, might be talking about what your partner's um, styles are and how that affects your guys' relationships and kind of a background on it. So um, shall we dig into it? Yeah. What are are attachment styles, Kelsey? Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) why are we doing it like that? (laughs) I feel like I'm in kindergarten. Um, So basically attachment styles um, come from our relationship with our primary caregivers. Um, and it kind of forms how we connect to the people around us uh, as we get older, how we connect to our friends, um, to our romantic partners, to our family, to our kids, uh, if we have kids someday. So uh, depending on if you were given all of your needs as a child by your, um, your parents, that kind of affects how then you relate to other people. So if maybe they were um, unavailable emotionally, or maybe there for you, but not able to provide things like food and shelter. Um, maybe they were too overbearing. Maybe they made you feel smothered. Um, because ideally, what they say is that you want that safe, nurturing environment where you feel like your needs are being met. But also, as you get older, they give you the space to go be your own person, but also kind of show you like, hey, I'm still here, right? Like you feel like you have a safe place to come back to. Um, so that uh, creates what they have said are four attachment styles. Um, And they are secure, anxious, preoccupied, dismissive avoidant, and fearful avoidant. So do you guys want to kind of get into some more more info on it? First off. Your turn to read aloud. (laughs) I mean, well, before that, so glad uh, that Kelsey gave us that background on it. Because sometimes when I take this quiz, and I've done it, multiple times. Um, I, I feel like I failed the test after where I'm like, Oh, I'm a bad one, you know? And based on what you just said, um, I think we can all agree. It has nothing to do with you as a person. It has everything to do with your parents and how they did their job. Yeah. No Um, pressure to parents. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about your parents. This is right. like the person who doesn't want to work on themselves. Like, <laughs> Nothing's your fault. It's yeah. all your mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think that's interesting. Okay, so research has found we typically have an attachment style where we connect with people in the same pattern over and over again. It's based on the works of Bartholomew and Horowitz. There are four adult attachment styles, as Kelsey said. Uh, attachment theory was extended to adult romantic relationships in the late 1980s by Cindy Hazan and Philip Shaver. Uh, and as Kelsey mentioned, they have four. The first is secure, which is basically, I'm okay, you're okay. Secure, low on avoidance, low on anxiety, is self-sufficient, comfortable with intimacy, wants interdependent relationships. Uh, so secure is the one you want. That's the one everybody wants. <laughs> That's what <laughs> you get yeah. secure you're doing great. Right. And also Um, to be clear, very rarely is anybody like 100% one of the four. You're usually spread out. You have a little bit of maybe something more of another, but your attachment styles can change over time and often do 
throughout your relationship experiences, therapy, healing your past traumas, stuff like that. So yeah, we'll get into that more when we share our personal quiz results, I think. Yeah. 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 I do like that this quiz gives you a percentage of each one that you are because there's we should put the link in the show notes because there, if you just Mm -hmm. Google attachment quiz, you could get to a lot of different places. And this is an easy one. Yeah. So, um, I would take this one because sometimes you do it and they're like, you're this and nothing else. And you're like, yeah, but this is like, Oh, you have a little bit. Yeah. You got a little, you got a little bit, uh, in each bucket here. Next, next is anxious preoccupied, which is uh, I'm not okay, you're okay. Low on avoidance, high on anxiety, is overly involved and dependent, wants excessive intimacy, and clings to relationships. Yeah. Dismissive avoidant is I'm okay, you're not okay. They are high on avoidance, low on anxiety, counterdependent, uncomfortable with intimacy, often appear distant, and do not share their feelings often. Fearful avoidant is I'm not okay, you're not okay. Great. High on avoidance, <laughs> high on anxiety, wants approval from others, is fearful of intimacy, sees relationships as painful or work. Adults with these attachment styles differ in a number of significant ways how they perceive and deal with closeness and emotional intimacy, their ability to communicate their emotions and needs, as well as listen to and understand the emotions and needs of their partners modes of responding to conflict and expectations about their partner and the relationship or your internal working modes. Yeah. So something for everybody. Yeah. I mean, this is one of, we talk about this sometimes on the podcast, like why didn't they teach us this in school? This should be absolutely, you should have to take this quiz when you're in school, required learning to see where you're at because God, then you go enter into your first adult relationships and you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fascinating that you can have, first of all, that your, that your attachment style can change throughout your life, but that you yeah. can have different attachment styles depending on who you're interacting with. Yes. That really blows my mind. Right. So you're just shape-shifting depending on how you feel, you know, the other person is reacting to you or whatever. So, um, right. all right, you guys. So what was everybody's results? Should we start? <laughs> Drum roll, please. Um, drink the juice, baby. I'm all Delaney, the juice. Delaney, why don't you go first? Because I have a feeling like you, you know, you and Cam and your boring uh, <laughs> life. You're stable. Just why stay secure and shut up. Yeah, why don't you get it out of the way? So I'll, I'll give you the percentage breakdowns, okay? So weird. So, I got 62% Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm just Jesus. I guess I'm just Jesus. Will you coming of Christ? Did you guys get that result? Oh my God. Will you read them from your most um, high percentage to your lowest? Yes. Let me pull it up here. I, I made okay. Cam take it as well. So I'm going to tell you both of ours. Okay. okay. So the, the most I got was secure, which is 60%. And then this <laughs> 60%. You so hard. secure and then I have two other ones that are each at 20% one is the dismissive avoidant and one is the fearful avoidant avoidant those are at 20% and then it's 0% anxious preoccupied so I feel like this is relatively accurate (laughs) this is so interesting right I, I feel them I feel relatively secure and then when anytime it's a it's a potential conflict that's when I either dismiss or avoid. So as long as, you know, I don't feel like any, any conversation I'm going to have or whatever could be a threat to the relationship, I feel very secure. Hmm. Okay. You know, so, um, because I think that also kind of stems from the fact that maybe, I don't know if if we've kind of talked about this before, if like children of divorce feel a certain way where it's like, if there's going to be conflict, there's a good chance the relationship is going to end. I don't know if that's where it stems from or not, but for me, it's like, oh gosh, if this person, you know, if I say this thing and they don't like me anymore, like I've let them down or whatever, that relationship might end. Um, and if I'm not ready for it to end, then I will avoid conflict. That's how I kind of feel. And I'm trying to get better at like, no, just because there might be conflict doesn't mean 
the relationship is going to be over. It means you can talk about it and then mend and grow and get stronger. And I don't have a problem discussing conflict in a romantic relationship. It's really only familial and friendships. So Mm. for some reason, that's in a different category for my brain when it comes to conflict or, you know, dismissive or avoidant. I feel like I'm pretty straight on with those ones. Yeah. Um, And then Cam, you guys are uh, fucking Cam. You ready for this? We basically got the same results, except Cam is 78% secure. Are you kidding and me? We got the same we got the same results but he's more secure. So he he's 78% secure and 11% dismissive avoidant and fearful avoidant and 0% anxious preoccupied. So we're basically matched. He's just 17% higher in secure. Can I airdrop him some of my trauma? <laughs> I know seriously. Can he just take on some other people's because clearly he's <laughs> doing great and can handle it <laughs> he's got yeah. the room for it yeah yeah i like emotionally I, yeah. like you know how rich people should be taxed more like that's how <laughs> i feel about cam's emotions like if you're that okay it's time to give back it is time to give back wow well I, I think you, I'm, set, I'm gonna set up cam a burner phone you can contact him anytime when you want to chat <laughs> We, yeah, the, how you have the number, Tay, where people can text you. We need to do that for Cam of just like, how, how do you do it? Yeah. Oh my God. I, I really, Cam seems like the type of person who, if you were just like, and this is what I'm dealing with, he'd be like, oh, so just do that. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's exactly how he is. We'll just stop. What do you mean just stop? How do I just stop? But hey, I just have feelings. He's like, well, just don't. Yeah, just don't have those. Just fine. It's okay. Let's just like hang out. <laughs> He seems so healthy and logical where he's just like, well, what's the point? Yeah. I can't control that. And we're like, he really is. He, and as much as he talks about like, I'm not like a self-help person, his advice is very accurate. It's always the shortened version of what I end up getting to on my own. Like, I know that's the right yeah. thing. And I, I know I'll end up there. But it, for me, I need to go through lots of processes until I get to that shortcut version that he just dishes out, right. you know. Right. Um, but... I think this makes sense that we're there, we're matching in the attachment styles because he's the only relationship I've ever felt like very secure in and very comfortable in. Right. And I think that, you know, it's, it's obviously two-sided where I don't know if I would have gotten this attachment style with other partners that I've had. Yeah. Because yeah. I think depending on how they were acting, I maybe was a little bit more anxious or more, uh, you know, fearful, avoidant or whatever. So right. I think it's, I think it speaks volumes that we are matching because I feel like this has obviously been the very different relationship for me than any of my past relationships. Right. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, and you might answer some of these questions differently if you are single as opposed to if you're in a relationship, you know, like, right. I know one of the questions on there was like, I am uncomfortable being single basically where it's like I'm afraid of being alone and that was like true right. uh but if I were single if this were you know whatever three years ago when I was single and we were starting this podcast I would have been like no I'm good like yeah right. it's so dependent on where you're at I your feel library. like I feel like if we all took the quiz with a different person in mind we'd have very different results yeah you know what I mean like this was very mm-hmm. kind of general I was thinking about friends and rom- my romantic partner and also family it was like more general yes. so I don't know yeah. I think that's really interesting too but yeah in yeah, general you guys like how do you you know right 
how well do you make boundaries in general? How comfortable do you feel sharing your feelings with people? Those sort of things. And it's, you know, there's some questions that are like half true and you have to kind of like go by percentage, even on the question. Like there was one, um, the question was like, I, these are all true, false questions. So a lot of them are statements and then you answer true or false. So that's how you feel. And one of them was, um, I, it takes me a while. I can be like socially present with my friends, family, and partner, but it takes me a while to trust people and share vulnerable things about myself. And while it takes me a while to trust people, I am very open Yeah, because yes. I'm a comedian and people already know everything. So yes. that was a weird one where I was like, I think it's true because the important part is trust and like feeling vulnerable, but I'm just an oversharer because of my job. Same. Yes. So you have to like, yeah, I, that, I, I agree. I like, it, it took me a second with a few of the questions where it was like, um, like you said, two sentences within the question and they seemed to uh, not contradict each other necessarily, but it didn't make me feel totally confident that I, it was true or false. Um, yeah. and that's kind of hard when a quiz like this is on the shorter end because it feels like every answer you give counts quite a bit right. into like what percentage you're going to put towards the four categories. But yeah. again, it's, I think within reason, even <laughs> if you answer one or two questions that maybe you're not totally sure on, I think you're still going to get an, a result yeah. that's pretty accurate. Um, right. I actually screenshotted a few of the questions that like that for myself and then I'll oh. be done with my section if you, and then you oh, can yeah. move on to you guys. Yeah. But yeah. What were the they? one? So this one, I feel naturally comfortable and safe expressing my feelings and needs to loved ones. Yes, unless I feel like it's a conversation that could end the relationship. So Um, there's like, it's yes, but. So I'm like, yeah, if I'm like, oh God, I'm just feeling not great today because this happened in X, Y, Z. But if I'm like, look, I'm having, you know, I don't know how to move forward with this. Um, So yes and no for that. And then another one, I feel, uh, let's see. Oh, the ones that was like, I feel very upset when others infringe on my need for time and space, or I feel like I put others first. I'm never upset at other people for that. I'm upset at myself for not having better boundaries mm. if I feel like I'm burnt or drained. And so that was another one that was like, yes, but no, because I'm not upset with them. You know what yeah. I mean? That was like, why am I not able to kind of set boundaries for myself? Um, and then this other one, I don't like making social plans with others in advance. I often fear being trapped by commitments with other people. That one is, that one is like, yes and no. You know what I've, what I've honestly realized is that as I've gotten older and stuff, um, everything I do, my whole, my whole lifestyle is, is not the norm. Everything about my lifestyle is not the norm. So I know when I go into a social situation, chances are I'm going to be the minority in most things that we talk about. And yeah. for me, sometimes I already feel drained before even going into that situation. And so I find that it, I just would rather avoid it. And so I'm trying to find a happy medium with that. So um, that's kind of a yes and no, it just depends on the situation, like the activity and the people, I think. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last one is, if a loved one's behavior hurts me, I will express my feelings and try to understand what caused them to act that way. So I do only half of this. I, I, I usually know what caused them to act this way, but I don't tell them it hurt me. <laughs> so mm. it's like, you yeah. know, if, if these questions maybe split up a little bit um, differently, then I think, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it'd be more accurate. But those were the ones that were like the catch-22 for me. Um, but what, what yeah. were your guys' results? Do you want me to share Can my else, do you go? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Okay. So I was 40% secure and then I was 33% anxious, preoccupied, and then a tie of fearful avoidant and dismissive avoidant with 13% of each. So, mm. um, mostly secure, which I'm happy about. Anxious, preoccupied, not like super far from second place. And I know um, it's interesting even talking in therapy. My um, therapist is like, your attachment style has changed even since being in here with me. Mm. Let alone, I think I look back to like 10 years ago, 
um, the relationship I had with the um, borderline partner, I think I was very, very much more anxious, like predominantly anxious then. Um, and also, like we said, certain partners bring out more um, attachment styles in you than other ones. But um, yeah, so I also think this is pretty reflective of my childhood where, um, you know, mostly secure, like I've been very fortunate that I've felt unconditional love from both of my parents. Um, but obviously my dad leaving and choosing to, you know, start a new family. Once you're an adult, now I'm able to look and go, you know, if he, if he wasn't happy, then that's not a good way to raise kids either necessarily to like stick around just for the kids. If you're going to be unhappy. Um, I, I get that. Um, it is hard though, as a kid, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't understand that. It just feels like, okay, well now for the rest of my life, I'm only going to see my dad half of the time. Why, why was I not enough? Like, why Mm. didn't he love me enough to want to see me all the time? It kind of automatically makes you feel like you're not the priority. Right. Mm. Um, and again, dad, if you're listening, you know, I don't ever want to make family members feel guilty or bad. Like I, you know, I understand I'm an adult. It's just, yeah, it's, that is unfortunately part of, uh, the byproduct of what happens with kids of divorce sometimes is even if you are told over and over, it's not your fault. I don't love you any less, which I, I, I do agree. Like it's not, I don't truly feel like it's my fault or that he loved me any less. But the result of leaving is that you are making a decision that that new partner is kind of ultimately more important than yeah. seeing your kids every day, being in the same, raising your kids every day in that house together. Yes. The actions speak louder than words for the kid in, the, in that period of time. Yeah. And yes. Because something similar when, happened to me as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm lucky to have a great relationship with both of my parents. I feel like I can talk to both of my parents. I feel safe um, around both of my parents, which is, I think, why once doing therapy and healing that trauma of being a kid and going through all that, um, then you can change your attachment style and become more secure and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Are there, um, do you want to read some of the anxious preoccupied stuff that you felt like some of those traits that you were like, Ooh, that is me or that resonates with me or I do this sometimes, but not always. Totally. Let me, um, pull up the, while you pull that up, Kels, I can give a little overview of each one. So you guys, the, the, um, the quiz that we took is uh, personaldevelopmentschool.com. There's so many different quizzes. Of course, this is attached to like a school with courses and stuff. So take a mix of them if you want, but that's what we're going off of because it's short and sweet. So the fearful avoidant, uh, basically, do you often flip flop between hot and cold, sometimes confused about how you feel towards your loved ones? The anxious preoccupied is do you find that your romantic partner or loved ones pull away frequently? The dismissive avoidant, do you find yourself fearing commitment and constantly craving space and freedom? And secure, do you find you can effectively communicate and feel vulnerable in your relationships? So that's a little overdue they give. Yeah. And we can dive deeper too into each one if you want. So, okay. So just like, um, more info on the anxious preoccupied, uh, it says this means you really value a strong emotional connection in your relationships. Um, however, this also means you tend to self-sacrifice in these relationships in order to keep those around you happy. Um, and that your sense of self can be derived from outside of you. Unfortunately, this means that the value you place on relationships supersedes your own needs and causes you to essentially abandon yourself. So I totally agree that it was easier for me to do something like that in my younger years. I think I have a better sense of self now. And fortunately, I love my job so much. And that does take up a lot of my time and energy. And it's something I actually really enjoy making time for and my, you know, foosball, the podcast makeup. I, I am somebody who has a lot of interests and has a strong sense of, of who I am and and what I love to do. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that there, uh, 
I mean, obviously having the anxious preoccupied parts still in me in certain ways, I have to make a very conscious effort in relationships to not let that start to come back in of like putting somebody so far before me that I'm sacrificing my needs. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, those are my results. So you were like pretty accurate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess it's my turn. Um, <laughs> this feels like the 21 questions all over again. <laughs> secure motherfuckers. Um, okay. So in first place, <laughs> with, a, with a hot 33%, we have fearful avoidance. Okay, okay. Um, followed... I mean, so closely, right on the heels, 29% anxious, preoccupied. Okay. Uh, 24, secure, 24% secure. Okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> and then 14% dismissive avoidant. So, you know, we don't, we're jack of all trades here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't just put all our eggs in one basket. We put, you know, a few more participants. Avoidant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mm. yeah I mean I it's weird because you know what I thought I was gonna get I thought I was gonna get anxious preoccupied because listen to anxious preoccupied fear of abandonment dislike being alone or out of relationships prolonged for prolonged periods of time fear of loss or disconnection in relationship emotional hunger to get consistently closer uh can appear clingy or needy often want to move very quickly to a commitment in a relationship, very sensitive to rejection and develop strong feelings quite easily. Um, so again, that's pretty close to fearful avoidance. They were right next to each other, but I do think I relate to that probably just as much. Um, and then fearful avoidant is fear of being truly vulnerable and expressing your inner feelings and needs, trust wounds, suspicion, and feelings of betrayal, experiences guilt easily. Okay, just kidding. This is me. Um, <laughs> strong emotions, anger at times, great capacity for empathy, but struggle with empathy and kindness towards yourself. Mm. Um, feelings of ambivalence in relationships, swinging from hot to cold, hypervigilance, poor boundaries, unless experiencing anger, and passionate but often emotionally volatile relationships. Yeah, that's okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Figure it out, guys. It's fine. Figure it out. It's fine. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's pretty accurate. But I was sitting here listening to your guys's uh, results and uh, feeling very dumb. Sam also took it and Sam got 40% secure. And then I think 20 in each of the other ones. Oh, okay. So for me, I was kind of like, okay, you mostly got secure, but also technically 60% of you is not secure. <laughs> is insecure. <laughs> so I think we're all, you know, everybody's, everybody has some stuff to work on. And he's like, I mean, yours is a lot. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because you're saying that you, you relate so much to the anxious one and, you know, did test for part of that, but the fearful avoidant, that is like 50% of it because it's wanting to feel love and connection, but being afraid of letting somebody get so close that you get hurt. Yes. So there's a, a constant anxiety with that of like, I don't want to be smothered. I don't want my independence taken away from me but I want love and I need love, but I don't want somebody to get so close that I get hurt. Like there's so much anxiety in that. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there was stuff with anxious preoccupied that I thought um, really, really characterized Sam, but then there's other things about it. Like, you know, we both have similar things of like fear of abandonment and fear of loss and disconnection in a relationship, but like he has no problem being alone or out of relationships for a long time. Um, so yeah, I think everybody has certain things where you're like, oh, that's totally me. But then the next five things aren't. Um, right. So yeah, I felt like that was generally pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a pretty accurate quiz, honestly. Yeah, you know what I've taken <laughs> other ones before on the show. I feel like not yeah. this specific quiz. I don't think not this one. It. I don't think we've a taken a taken attachment styles. I don't, yeah, I don't think we've because I didn't know mine until we <clears> then. took the quiz. So yeah, I like that this yeah. one made a point to say in like parentheses a lot of the time. Also, how do you function within your friendships and your family? As opposed to just like with my romantic partner, this is how I feel. Because yeah. when you are looking at your overall approach to relationships, I think you just have to think about how you feel the majority of the time because you are going to feel differently in a relationship as opposed to how you would feel if yeah. you were single, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I wonder, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I mean, I was an only child until I was like 11. And then there was a huge age gap with my siblings. So mm. I played by myself. I did everything by myself. Sometimes I'd have play dates with other kids. Sometimes I'd have play dates with cousins. But the majority of the time I played by myself, I entertained myself, you know, whatever it was. And I felt, I feel like I just learned how to be very self-sufficient because of that, like self-soothe, self, you know, entertain all that. I don't know if that comes into play with the kind of secure attachment where I'm like on my own, I know that I'm, I'm fine. Like I can make myself happy. I know, you know, I know what I like. So I'm not sure if that's part of it, but I was not a super social kid just because I lived by myself with my parents you know whether it was yeah my dad at the time and then when my siblings got around it was like what am I gonna do with a one-year-old when I'm 12 we're not like playing you know the same yeah, yeah. Stuff. so I feel like in a lot of ways you know I was my own <laughs> best friend yeah this baby sucks at volleyball yeah. <laughs> I miss yeah. um yeah I wonder if that's partly why because you said that you used to be a little bit more avoidant um in previous relationships, you were kind of more the one that was like, eh, I'm good. Like, don't need yeah. you to get too close. Like, I'm cool. Because part of you being alone and learning how to self-soothe did make you very independent, which can be, I mean, it's so important to be independent, but it can also, like, if it's based on trauma or whatever, then obviously that can be bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't, I don't know. I just, when I, I don't think to reach out to people for help. And some of my friends have been like, why don't you ever call me if you need help? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just did it. I just did it. You know what I mean? At home or, you know, I looked into it or I, and it's never anything personal of like not wanting to connect with friends or family or my partner. It's like, oh, I just, I just took care of it. Now let's, you know. Do you feel like you'll be seen as weak if you ask for help? I don't think so. Cause if I really need help with something, I think I, I think it, if it's like logistics that I cannot figure out, if I need to like build a website, I'm reaching out for help. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not trying to do that shit on my own. But oh my God. What did you do with your phone the other day where you didn't know how to do something? I had to teach you how to do it. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
Okay. The day. So right after, oh my God, the day after 4th of July here in Los Angeles, the air quality was terrible because everybody had been setting fireworks off. So I could scroll to the bottom of the weather app and it shows you what the air quality index is. And Delaney was like, you said something like, what's the temperature today? And then you were like, hold on, I'm going to go to weather.com. And I was like, what? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Delaney didn't have the weather app on her phone. So every time she wanted to check the weather, she would go to weather.com. I mean, Taylor, how do you feel about that? Did you react the same way that I did when I heard that? I just Google it. Do you, how do you not, it just comes with your phone, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. I delete anything not, I don't use. If I don't recognize the app, I delete it. <laughs> I was like, how did you even not have that? That comes with your phone. The first thing you I do. made is- your own life harder. <laughs> like, okay, here's the weather app. This is how you add different cities. <laughs> That's hilarious. So with that, I... I've absolutely love to get help with that kind of stuff. If I don't know how to do something, I that's the first thing I do is reach out for help. But if it's it like, sound like you reached out, it sounds like you got caught. <laughs> I didn't know there, there was a better way. You. I didn't know there was even something to reach out about. If I had known, like, oh, I know that there's a weather app out there, I just don't know how to set it up. I'd probably reach out to one of you guys, be like, yo, can you help me set this up? But there, if I don't know, there are like out twelve there, apps to yeah. find a soulmate. Do you think there's not an app telling you how hot it is outside? I thought my system was pretty simple. I just Google Los Angeles weather. I look at everything and then, you know, I find what I need. But it does take a lot longer than the weather app. (laughs) See, you know what it is? Kelsey and I are on the, I'm sure there'll be people who are like, I do that too. Kelsey and I are on the road so much that we're, we want to look at a list of cities. Yeah. Because in a given day, we could be at four of them. If right. we're taking flights and we need to know, like, is it snowing? Is it going to affect this? Like, yeah. so we are, I'm sure there are people who are going to identify with you, Delaney, and feel like <laughs> we're being unfair. And then there's going to be other people who are going, what, what is actually wrong with you? So many, it's so funny over the years, people keep coming to Delaney's defense who really think that we're like actually being mean to her. Do you, I see comments on the, you know, they always gang up on Delaney. They are. <laughs> They are, they always give Delaney such a hard time. And I'm like, I'm sorry, have you not heard any of the things she said? Like, are we just supposed to be like, yeah, that's normal. Also, you take it in the stride. healthiest of all of yeah, us. Yeah, she can she take, can take it. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I get help. I get help. <laughs> I oh think it's God. just like, you know, if... If well, I'm trying to think of an instance, let's say that I need to schedule a dentist appointment or something, or maybe I need a, maybe I need a referral for a doctor or something. I will probably just research a couple doctors versus t- mass text my friends being like, yo, who's your doctor? Does that make yo, sense? Who's your doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I'll, sometimes I'll just kind of take it upon myself to do that where it might, I might get a better referral and better information if I just reached out to somebody. But I think I've been so trained to just take, just take care of it on my own, even if it doesn't get me the best results, maybe. That makes sense. Yeah. I kind of think that's you know? good. Like, I think there are times where, you know, I, yeah, I honestly, for as long as I've known you, it seems like if you really need help, you will ask for it. Right. But I, I kind of admire that you're so self-sufficient. Yeah. Who knows, guys? Who like, knows what's here's, here's the thing, because I've definitely been one of those people who might have said that to you. Where I'm like, just reach out more or something. And I think that's more about, um, that's more about the, the person who's saying it to you than it is about you. Mm. Because I'm, and I've never thought about this until right now, the second. So excuse me while I formulate words. But I think if I have a friend who like doesn't need me or doesn't reach out and I reach out a lot, I start to feel like I'm like taking advantage of the friendship or something when really they just don't need as much as I do in the way of like, I don't know, talking through things or something. Yeah. So I think sometimes I'll get insecure about it. Just like, just like need help more. 
because it's okay that I need help. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. In the same way your ex-boyfriends were like, you don't even like me. Like, it's about. Right. Yeah. It's about yeah. them going like, why don't you like me enough? A lot of them that didn't feel like needed by me. Or yeah. Something, you know, and I'm like, oh, I just, I just did the thing. So why don't we just have dinner? So you're like, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Maybe I'm secure avoidant. Is that a thing? <laughs> Maybe I'm making a new category. Well, that's kind of your top two together yeah. would be that, I fearful, suppose. But fearful and dismissive avoidant. And secure. yeah, I don't know. Like if I have a friend who I only talk to once every six months, I'm totally like, wow, it was great, great catch up. I don't feel any like, why haven't they reached out to me? in more times than once or twice a year you know what I mean like I think it's I don't know what it is I just we pick up where we left off like I think everybody a lot of people have friends like that or maybe they they keep in touch a couple times a year they see each other once a year whatever and I don't feel like this the friendship is not strong because of it or you know what I mean yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I can feel just as strongly about them as somebody I I talk to once a week yeah yeah that's I think that's so common with friendships in particular that we all have yeah. certain friends we're closer with or stay more in touch with. Um, there's also uh, lots of talk about how like avoidant. So Tay, the, the name for your primary one is called fearful avoidant or anxious avoidant, right? Like both those yes. terms are interchangeable, which is a little confusing because oh. then like the other one is called anxious preoccupied. It's like, I wish they just could boil it down to one word for each one. Right. Yeah. But basically there's, um, it's a very common relationship is an attraction between an anxious and an avoidant. So like an anxious mm-hmm. preoccupied and an anxious avoidant, um, because you're kind of naturally drawn to each other's energies where you're trying to fulfill each other's like, um, fearful avoidant, slash anxious avoidant wants that bond wants that love wants to feel that that's there obviously so does the anxious preoccupied but if a relationship is an energy field and you're both initially putting 50 50 in if the fearful avoidance starts to slowly start to pull back a little bit of their energy out of fear you know fear that it's getting too serious fear that they're losing their autonomy then the anxious person senses that there's missing energy and now they start to put more of their energy in. And that's when you get right. that, the chase, pursue, you know, the push pull. So that's a very, um, that's a very common relationship dynamic apparently. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. So if you just pull back cause you're busy true <laughs> that's another thing it's not always yeah. that you're afraid sometimes you're just busy true absolutely. absolutely yeah 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 I have friends um my sister and my best friend are both like this where they don't reach out if they're struggling they like sort of get like they just kind of like go boom and like take care of it internally and then I'll find out like weeks later and it used to drive me crazy because I'm not like that with yeah. my friendships. Like, that's not my love language. That's not what I need. I need to talk through things and, like, try to, like, figure it out and have someone hear me and be like, no, I get it. And so um, some of the people I'm closest to are like that, which I think is interesting. Uh, and I had to kind of get used to that and learn that it wasn't, like, about me. It's just how they deal with things. and. I might just need to check in on them more. My grandma's like that too. My grandma's kind of like, you have to ask her a lot of questions for her to tell you if something's wrong. Um, And I think those people in my life gravitate towards like taking care of people and just like taking care of themselves on their own, um, which I am very envious of, but I'm just not built that way. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, in college when I, this is my freshman freshman year of college, I got really close with a girl and we were like together every single day. You know, she was definitely one of my best friends at the time, did all kinds of stuff together. 
And then I joined the rowing team and I became a collegiate athlete. And so I therefore started spending more time working out and with my team and also with her. And it was just kind of like I diversified my friends and my interests and stuff. And I thought everything was fine. I was just seeing her a little bit less, and but I would still see her. We'd have a good time. But she was really upset that I now was not able to eat lunch with her every day or see her every day or talk to her multiple times a day. And I was thinking like, oh, this is like great. I'm going to have her meet my new friends. They'll meet her. Like, well, I'll just be one happy family. And she ended up reaching out, basically saying that she felt like that maybe I thought I outgrew her or, you know, I'm like, oh, I wasn't, was not even on my radar. I'm literally Mm. working out from 4am till, you know, 9am every day. And then we like, we had practices six days a week. Uh, You know, it was just like, I was so busy with that and schoolwork and, you know, adapting to, you know, being a new college student. And also, yeah, I did have this other friend group now, but I also, you know, cared about her. And she was super upset and I did not know how to deal with it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to stop rowing. I'm not going to quit my team. Um, So why don't we just make an effort to see more of each other on the weekend or something? Yeah. You know, and so I think she had to kind of fill her time with other friends. So it kind of made her branch out, which I think is a good thing. Kind of like, you know, she kind of got out of her comfort zone and had some more friendships and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I just, it's interesting. You just got to communicate what, you know, and be like, Hey, Oh, that's not, that's definitely not what I was thinking in the back of my head. Still love you just as much. Just, you know, I got this other thing on my plate now. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most valuable things you can learn about yourself and the people you're closest to are your attachment styles and your love languages. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Those should be in school. Those should absolutely be in school. Yeah. It's so, it's so, um, I mean, I'm so glad that we have this information now. So now you can just spot what's going on with all of your relationships and maybe act accordingly or talk about it. Hey, what are the expectations for this relationship on your part? Oh, you were, you're thinking that we're talking every day this way. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, but I can do this. Like communicating the expectations kind of early on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good one. We did. We got that juice. (laughs) Squeezed it. Squeezed it, baby. (laughs) Squeezed Um, it for everything. You guys have some segments? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I do. I can share one real quick. Yeah. I have a good shit. I'm taping my first comedy special in a week. (laughs) Yay! Just so weird because it's a pandemic and it's like, right. what is happening? Um, but yeah, it's either going to be released in October or February and I will keep everybody posted, but um, they're doing like a socially distanced outdoor comedy special recording um, with a few of us. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous and haven't been on stage on an official stage for four months. It's just a very, very weird thing I'm doing, but it's like, well, this is life right now. I've, you know, it's, I'm embracing it. So it'll be so fascinating to have this like recorded piece of history of you doing a comedy special at this time, you know, decades from now with your whole career, you'd be like, yeah, that's when I taped during a pandemic. (laughs) For real. So crazy. So crazy. Um, I have a good shit. Cam and I uh, went to Yosemite this past weekend, which was so freaking nice. Um, yeah. We went for his birthday. It's also our four-year anniversary coming up uh, in the next week. And oh my gosh, it, I, I can't believe I had never been to Yosemite when I've grown up like five and a half hours away from it. You just, yeah. it's everything. It's mountains and rivers and lakes and ponds and meadows and just sequoias. I mean, it's just so beautiful. All kinds of wildlife, bears and deer and gray squirrels. And I just felt like really myself. You know? like yeah. I, like, yeah. I could hug this tree and nobody would judge me right now. Oh boy. <laughs> Were you camping? Um, no, we stayed in the cutest little bed and breakfast. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Alex and Steve, the sweetest married couple who run this thing. 
it, because they, they are following all these regulations for, for the virus right now. We felt very safe, very welcome and taken care of. Um, they currently have like seven rooms available that they, that they um, you know, uh, well, not rent out, but you know what I'm saying. And their property is just this huge space um, with horses and all kinds of just, I'm going to post pictures about it. It was so beautiful, but like, yeah. And like everybody can social distance. So everybody has like their own little patio and their own room. And oh my gosh, it was just the best. It's called the Blackberry Inn. I highly oh, recommend cute. it if you are going to be going to Yosemite. I've never experienced anything like it. These people were like out of a movie where you like, you stay at the bed and breakfast in the middle of nowhere. And it's yeah. just like this sweet married couple who run it together. And they're so warm and friendly. I just felt like they became our friends the whole weekend. Um, they were so sweet. They cooked us great food. Um, the breakfast was amazing. They packed us little lunches for our hikes. Oh. <laughs> it was so it was so nice. And honestly, like as a vegan, um, traveling and having somebody else like in charge of your food, it's always a gamble. And they were so accommodating. Um, yeah, I real I seriously cannot recommend them enough. They have little hummingbird feeders everywhere. I mean, oh, I was just so happy. Oh, it was just so nice. We like ate lunch on a log by a river and stuff. It was just, oh, it was amazing. a really good, it was a really good quarantine vacation because there's Yosemite apparently is the size of Rhode Island. Didn't know how big it was. Yeah. Um, so depending on where you go or what trails you go, you might not see other humans. Like you can really feel like you're in the middle of nowhere or you can be very far away from people like in the distance. Yeah. So I felt like it was really nice it was a really nice vacation where we felt like very safe and and stuff like that so yeah oh, it was very nice to get away oh, and, and you don't have any service so you're just forced to not do stuff right oh, wow. right nice. yeah. that sounds so nice it was lovely highly recommend blackberry and everybody love it i don't have any good news so i'm just gonna let us go out on a high note <laughs> All I'm good. like, I don't, I don't know if I have a, I don't even know if I have a segment right now. I'm just going to bask in the warmth of your segment. <laughs> okay. All good. We got a new segment called no segment. <laughs> yeah. Pass. New segment called I pass. Yes. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, you guys. Uh, leave us a, oh wait, we have an iTunes review. Oh yes, we do. Oh, let's do it. What are we thinking? Uh, this is by Megan Solis. She says, I'm officially a fan. I started listening to this podcast during my lengthy work commute to Chicago. It honestly makes the hour fly by and helps me open up the doors at our clinic every morning with a smile. I work at a pediatric therapy clinic. This podcast is not a one trick pony like some other podcasts. One episode might be light and funny and the next might hit on some heavy subjects, but always in a relatable down to earth way. I'm officially a fan. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Oh, thank oh, you. Very nice. What a nice review. Thanks, Megan. You guys are the best. Sweet. Um, yeah, if you if you haven't yet, please go leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. Maybe share with us what your um, attachment style is if you feel like it. Mm. We'll have the um, the link to the podcast quiz. Or I'm sorry, the uh, attachment style quiz in the podcast notes if you guys want to take it. For sure. All right. Well, Alrighty. Hope you guys are doing well. We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We really appreciate it and would love anything you can do to help the show grow and get the word out. So if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that helps us move up the iTunes charts. If you can tell a friend, a coworker, a family member, anybody that you think would love the podcast, you can also screenshot an episode and share it in your Instagram, in your Instagram stories, anything helps. Also, if you want more of the show, if you want bonus episodes, if you want to be able to be more interactive and help choose podcast topics, you can go to patreon.com slash self-helpless and join there. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Cook Comedy, on Twitter at Kelsey Cook. You can go to my website, KelseyCook.com, which has links to my online makeup course. You can listen to my album, Savor It, on Spotify and iTunes. And you can watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrists of Fury. How about you guys? Where can people find you? You can follow me at Taylor Tomlinson on Instagram and Twitter. My website is ttomcomedy.com. 
and you can watch my one hour special streaming on Netflix right now called Quarter Life Crisis. Awesome. And you can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. That's where you'll find information about my one-to-one consulting and my online courses. So basically, if you're a business owner, podcaster, or comedian, uh, and you're looking to either start those things or grow those things, you can reach out to me for more information. I also have an email list at DelaneyFisher.com where I share my favorite tools, tips, treats, and free shit. And then we just want to say a big special thank you to our wonderful editor, Emma Erdbrink, and our fantastic associate producer, Humaira Nuwaz. And you can find everything that we all just mentioned at selfhelplesspodcast.com.